Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. The last time I was in Yonville, I was a teenager on a baseball team. I was always nervous before games, but the drive down the long road to the field off Highway 29 was peaceful. The field was tucked away in the back of the veteran's home, which sat on this beautiful property. So they have 100-year-old trees. It's very much like the state capitol grounds in Sacramento in that there are trees from everywhere. This is Sam Whiting of the San Francisco Chronicle. So here's the uh, main newsroom. I met with Sam at the paper because he wrote this story last fall about the pathway home. The program treated veterans with PTSD and other mental health challenges. It was featured in a book and then a Hollywood movie. And then last Friday, it was in the news. An army veteran took five people hostage, killed three of them, and then shot himself. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. On Friday, one of the Metro editors came to me and said, uh, we have an uh, incident up at the uh, Yontville Veterans Home. Don't you know somebody there? And I said, uh, well, I do know Christine Lober, who runs the Pathway Home. Let me give her a call and see what she can tell me. So I called and left a message with her, and then I also sent her an email. And then, you know, events unfolded from there. And Christine Lober was one of the women killed. I, I think uh, at this point she was already dead by the time I sent, uh, left her that voicemail. Breaking news overnight, a fatal ending to a hostage standoff at a massive veterans home in Northern California. Officers finding all three women and the man who held them at gunpoint dead. responded to gunshots at the veterans home in Yountville. It became clear the gunman had zeroed in on the nonprofit called The Pathway Home. You were there last fall, right? Right. Who did you meet there? I met Christine Lober, who was the executive director. And I also met a uh, guy who had been through the program named Jack, who declined to give his last name. What kind of person was Jack? What can you tell me about Jack? Jack was uh, very tightly wound. He's a Marine. And when they say once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah, right, right. Uh, His uh, responses were very clipped, very yes, sir, no, sir. And uh, he was not. He was guarded. He was intense. Why do you think he was so guarded? I think he was so guarded because of a combination of factors. One is a Marine. He was slightly ashamed at being there in the first place. Uh, and he really had the code of you protect your buddies and that's it. And it didn't seem like he was particularly trusting of anybody who had not gone through what he'd gone through. When you say ashamed, is that because he was seeking treatment? And yeah, he... for post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And, you know, a lot of these guys 
feel that if they, and Jack's a good-looking guy, they feel that if they don't have some physical scar, they, um, people don't trust or believe that they are wounded veterans. His uh, situation there paralleled Adam Schumann, who was the topic of the book, Thank You for Your Service, on which the film also was based. I was a good soldier. I had purpose, and I loved it. I rode shotgun in the lead Humvee, and I looked for bombs. Well, uh, Adam Schumann, who was the subject of the book, and the reason why I got up to the pathway home in the first place, he had uh, was not was not physically injured. He had combat stress, and he airlifted out before his tour was up. Hello. Hi, Adam. This is Fred Gussman from Pathway Home in California. He always felt uh, was conflicted with guilt that he didn't have a real injury, or he didn't have a visible injury. You said you're looking to get into a facility as soon as possible. Yes, sir. Good. Well, then let's get you out here. We can get you on a bus tomorrow. You ready to commit to this? He talked to other veterans who'd be missing arms and legs and such, and, you know, feel guilt. What was Jack's days like? He said his day was like uh, there are meeting rooms on the second floor of the pathway home. They sit in groups. They have sessions. They talk about what they're feeling, and they try to get some kind of closure on what they went through in the war. And then as soon as the class was over, he'd bolt through a fire escape door with a bunch of other uh, veterans and immediately start smoking. And he suggested that he got more out of the smoke breaks, or as much out of the smoke breaks as he got out of the classes. What does that mean? That means being with other veterans who had been through it, in very tight quarters, being able to smoke, which obviously gives them some relief, was uh, very therapeutic to him. The one other thing is this program focuses on what happened to them before they were even in the military. Do you know how Pathway Home was created or when it was? I know it was created in 2008, but do you know why? They yeah, created? it was created because the veterans uh, system was not helping these guys. They uh, would, uh, if they went to uh, seek help, they got caught in a huge bureaucracy. The number one remedy was medication which didn't always either help these guys, or it had so many side effects it wasn't worth it, or they were, or the programs were full, they couldn't get into them. There were any number of reasons why people were being cast aside. They were turned out of the military. A lot of them were turned out of the military. We know there are so many men and women who come back from fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq with PTSD, and many of them have these traumatic brain injuries. Uh, the big thing that happens is they are in these Humvees. These Humvees hit uh, IEDs, mines. There's a huge explosion. They have helmets on. Their brain gets rattled inside the helmet. It's just like football players getting concussions. And the, but these are much more severe. I never saw anybody at the Pathway Home with any physical evidence of injury. 
And if you go to the veteran's home, you see guys in motorized wheelchairs. You see guys on canes. You see guys missing limbs, you know. And uh, my experience at the Pathway Home is, is you didn't see that. Did you, did you get a sense that a lot of people who went through that program were success stories? Or did you get a sense that it was really, really hard t- to be successful? Oh, I think it's really, really hard to be successful. I don't know if there are people who go back cured. I think it's an ongoing thing with these guys. Thank you for sharing your story and and your experiences with us. Okay, thank you. Sam says Christine Lober, the executive director who was killed last Friday, was planning to open a program for women at the Pathway Home. The program currently remains closed and there's an ongoing investigation. There are still a lot of unanswered questions that people are asking, like how a decorated army veteran was able to just walk in and kill three employees. The State Department of Veterans Affairs says it'll wait for the investigation to finish before recommending any changes. A memorial for the three women killed is scheduled for next Monday. Their names were Christine Lober, clinical director Jennifer Golick, and clinical psychologist Jennifer Gonzalez. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Hey, before I let you go, I want to tell you about Scott Schaefer and Marisa Lagos, both of whom are my colleagues, and they also host this new show called Political Breakdown. They talk about all the stuff that happens behind the scenes at the state capitol and here locally. So if you're into politics, do yourself a favor and subscribe to the show. That's Political Breakdown. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.